This is the Humanist Report with Mike Figueredo. Sponsored by Amazon, Audible, HostGator, Gamefly, and supporters of independent media like you. Welcome to the Humanist Report. My name is Mike Figueredo, and this is the 37th episode of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by our latest members on HumanistReport.com. Today we have Justin Mills, Evan Spadoni, and Patrick Wong, and we also received a donation from Thai Ruos. So thank you to all of these individuals and to everyone else who is a member and patron on Patreon. If you'd like to join these individuals, you can head on over to the links that are in the description box down below. So today I am a little bit under the weather. Uh, I'm recovering from a really bad cold. This episode has been delayed, so I apologize for the lack of content over the last couple of weeks. Uh, For me, uh, my voice probably still sounds a little bit weird. I don't know how it's going to pick up on the microphone. Still a little bit plugged up, but for the most part, I can actually breathe again, which feels so good. (laughs) You know, you take these things for granted, uh, just feeling well in life until you get really sick and then you just feel like crap. So the fever's gone. I'm feeling much better. And I'm just really excited to talk about everything that I've missed out on over the past week. So on today's episode, I'm going to be covering the double standard between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. So she can attack him all she wants, but when Bernie Sanders finds back and calls Hillary Clinton unqualified, collective heads explode. So I'll be covering that. Also, I'll talk about how Hillary Clinton waged her lowest attack against Bernie Sanders yet and use more victims for her political gain. Also, I'll talk about how Florida Governor Rick Scott fired back at the activist who attacked him in a Starbucks and what he did to um, to criticize her, and it's just laughable, so I can't not cover that. Now, additionally, I will be talking with author, columnist, and journalist H.A. Goodman, and we're going to talk Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, as well as the general 2016 election. So all of these topics, as well as more, will be covered in today's episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Stay tuned. The mainstream media, as well as Hillary Clinton's campaign, has been recently criticizing Bernie Sanders over an interview he did where he talked about breaking up the big banks. Now, when asked about this interview, Hillary Clinton effectively said that he's not qualified without actually saying it. But she did criticize him, and it was a really strong criticism. Here's what she had to say. Do you believe this morning that Bernie Sanders is qualified and ready to be president of the United States? Well, I think the interview raised a lot of really serious questions. Um, And I look at it this way. Uh, The core of his campaign has been uh, break up the banks. And it didn't seem in reading his answers that he understood exactly um, how that would work under Dodd-Frank, exactly who would be responsible, what the criteria were. Uh, And, you know, that means you can't really help people if you don't know how to do what you are campaigning on saying you want to do. So is he, uh, so is he, very... is he qualified? I know there are a <laughs> lot of examples of where he came <clears throat> up short and the interviewers were <clears throat> having to repeat questions. So the question, and I'm serious, if you weren't running today and you looked at Bernie Sanders, would you say this guy is ready to be president of the United States? Well, I think he hadn't done his homework and he'd been talking for more than a year about doing things that he obviously hadn't really studied or understood. So now you can construe from that, obviously, that she effectively called him unqualified without actually saying it, but I actually take it much worse. She was being so condescending there, she basically called Bernie Sanders dumb. Let me go through some of the things she said. So she said, it didn't seem as though he doesn't understand how breaking up the big banks work would work under Dodd-Frank. She also said, you can't really help people if you don't know how to do what you're saying you want to do. Okay, so basically you're calling him stupid. So it's not just unqualified, you're basically calling Bernie Sanders stupid. You're being condescending, you're saying that, oh, he doesn't understand all these really complicated things that us, you know, us elite rich people understand, right? That's exactly what you're saying. So it's actually a lot worse than saying that he's unqualified, but she said it. Now, before I get to what Bernie Sanders said in response to this, I want to talk about what the reaction would be if Bernie Sanders said what Hillary Clinton just said. So in the past, Hillary Clinton has diminished Glass-Steagall and its importance. So if Bernie Sanders would have said, oh, well, Hillary Clinton, look, you haven't done your homework. Maybe you should learn about this thing you're talking about. Maybe you should go back and do a little bit of reading, brush up on your knowledge, because you clearly don't know what I know. That's a little bit condescending, right? And obviously, they would say that Bernie Sanders is being sexist. They'd say, oh, well, you're just talking down to a woman. You're being condescending to her. But Hillary Clinton can do the same exact thing and escape criticism. But Bernie Sanders, he has to be quiet. 
okay? You can't criticize the queen, but anyways, he did, and this is his response to her. Let me, let me just say in response to Secretary Clinton, I don't believe that she is qualified if she is... If she is, through her super PAC, taking tens of millions of dollars in special interest funds. I don't think that you are qualified if you get $15 million from Wall Street through your super PAC. I don't think you are qualified if you have voted for the disastrous war in Iraq. I don't think you are qualified if you have supported virtually every disastrous trade agreement which has cost us millions of decent bank jobs. I don't think you are qualified if you supported the Panama Free Trade Agreement. Something I very strongly oppose, and which, as all of you know, has allowed corporations and wealthy people all over the world to avoid paying their taxes to their countries. So now by him pointing out actual factual reasons why Hillary Clinton is not qualified to be president, which are true, which are based on facts, again, her smears were based on hyperbole. She was just launching an ad hominem attack against Bernie Sanders. He provided substance. Her vote for the Iraq war, for example. Uh, but yet, you know, Bernie Sanders, he didn't get the memo. And you are not supposed to criticize the queen. Don't talk about Queen Hillary. She can attack you, but when she does, you better be quiet. Now, a big, huge shitstorm ensued, and I'll get to that. But first, I want to talk about some of the attacks that Hillary Clinton launched on Bernie Sanders before uh, and the reception that they got from the media. So, first and foremost, she referred to Bernie Sanders as a racist, as well as some of her campaign surrogates, like David Brock. Uh, she said that when Bernie Sanders talks about the gun debate being a rural versus urban problem, she said, well, when some people say urban, what they really mean is black. So, she was saying that he's boiling it down to an issue of black people with guns, when in actuality, he's talking about urban areas, densely populated cities that are developed and whatnot. Not black but she wanted to smear him and also david brock had implied that he doesn't care about black people because one of his ads wasn't diverse enough and <laughs> that's just one of the attacks nobody covered it i covered it but not very many people talked about it now there was another attack where she implied that he is sexist because when talking about guns again he said that you know both sides need to stop yelling at each other otherwise we're never going to get anything accomplished and what does hillary clinton say she said well you know when some people say that they're yelling or that we're yelling, you know, they, they mean women. But in actuality, he's just saying both sides, meaning left and right, or left and center-left, need to stop yelling at each other. And he even said the same thing to Martin O'Malley. But Hillary Clinton saw that as an opportunity to attack him as sexist. Now, one of the most recent attacks, which I'm going to be talking about individually on this channel, is how Hillary Clinton said that he prioritizes the rights of gun manufacturers over the lives of children at Sandy Hook. She literally used victims to slander Bernie Sanders. I'm not kidding. Now, what was the response from everyone when Hillary Clinton did these repulsive attacks? That's right, crickets. Because there was no response. Nobody cared. No heads exploded. Uh, when she brazenly was trying to smear him as a sexist, as a racist, as someone who doesn't care about dead children. How sickening is that, right? But here, Bernie Sanders is defending himself and everybody loses their shit. In case in point, the first one was Rachel Maddow, how she came out with a segment saying Bernie Sanders attacks Hillary Clinton, calls him un calls her unqualified, and she talks about how, wow, this is a new low for the campaign, and she played Bernie Sanders, talking about how there's various reasons, X, Y, and Z, why she's not qualified. So Bernie Sanders was responding to what he believed was Hillary Clinton, basically implying that he wasn't qualified, but much worse, in my opinion, calling him stupid. Uh, and... The headline was that he's attacking Hillary Clinton. Look, if someone tries to punch you 
and you grab their wrist and you stop them from punching you, would that be reported as crazy man mad grabs wrist of someone or would it be reported as man defends himself, blocks punched going to face? Well, of course that would be the case. So why, why is this being reported as Bernie Sanders attacks Hillary Clinton? It should be Bernie Sanders' response to attack of Hillary Clinton because that's what happened. He wouldn't have replied if she hadn't started that and basically effectively said that he's not qualified and dumb. So Bernie Sanders is not allowed to open his mouth when he gets attacked by Hillary Clinton. Even if it's the case that it's the most repulsive attack in the world, Bernie Sanders can't say anything. How ridiculous is this? Now I want to get to these uh, attacks individually on what happened. So first and foremost, the Washington Post fact-checked Bernie Sanders uh, with the title, Sanders' incorrect claim that Clinton called him not qualified for the presidency. So you can construe it that way, but I do have someone that disagrees with you. Another journalism outlet. Oh, actually, wait. It's the same journalism outlet, the Washington Post. You guys are disagreeing with yourself because less than 24 hours before you wrote this headline, you said Clinton questions whether Sanders is qualified to be president. So which one is it? Did she say that he's unqualified or did she not? She, we all know that she didn't actually literally say that she, he's not qualified, but she effectively said it. Like you can say things without using the direct words to say them, right? We all know that. We're all adults. We know doublespeak. We know Orwellian speak. Hillary Clinton uses it all the time. She speaks in these coded terms and she basically said it. So Washington Post tried to be brilliant and quote fact-checked Bernie Sanders when they're just disagreeing with themselves. Now getting to her campaign, well Brian Fallon was incredibly butthurt and he tweeted out, Bernie Sanders, take back your words about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> uh, do you want to know who this reminds me of? Leave her alone! Now the former mayor of Philadelphia and Clinton surrogate Michael Nutter says, Cute strategy, Bernie Sanders claims to run a positive campaign while burning Hillary Clinton with vicious negative. That is the burn. Okay, so he is running a positive campaign. He's pointing out facts about Hillary Clinton. He says she's taking money from Wall Street. He said that she voted for the Iraq War. So if he points out a fact and you don't like the fact, then that means you don't like your candidate. So you're basically admitting that Hillary Clinton is a weak candidate and that the attacks launched by Bernie Sanders are true. So this is ridiculous and I love that you said it because you guys are making our argument for us. Now he also tweeted out, Hillary Clinton is more than qualified to be POTUS and Bernie Sanders is actually attacking POTUS through Hillary. I don't know, he's attacking Obama, but whatever. Shame, Senator. Take it back. They all want him to take it back. Give me a break. Uh, tonight, Bernie Sanders said Hillary Clinton wasn't qualified to be president. This is low and crossed the line. Take it back, Senator. See, they, they want him to take it back because how dare him say something about Queen Hillary? Don't you ever say she's not qualified. She is the most qualified person in the history of the universe to ever be president. She's more qualified than God. <laughs> Uh, you are not allowed to critique Hillary Clinton. And I like how he says, this is low. Oh, this is low. It's not low to imply that someone is sexist or racist when they're not, or imply that someone cares about gun manufacturer rights over the lives of children, right? That's not low. But this is low for him to point out facts about Hillary Clinton in response to an attack that she launched against him. That's low. Now, my favorite are the sexist claims that came through. You all knew it was going to happen, but there was an article from 538, uh, and they published it talking about how uh, using the underqualified remark is something that, you know, men use against women all the time. Now, there's a kernel of truth to that. It is typically a sexist remark that men use to diminish women. But we have the context. We know that he was responding to what was said against him. Now... I'll put a link in the description box to that article because I'm not going to get into it because it's just, again, we have the context in this situation. We know it wasn't sexist in nature. We know that Bernie Sanders was defending himself. But someone else, ironically, had the audacity to, to imply that Bernie Sanders was sexist and that this was a sexist attack. Bill Clinton. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes, that Bill Clinton, the one who has treated women as sexual objects for the entirety of not just his life, but his career, including during his tenure as president of the United States. That Bill Clinton, the one who has had multiple allegations of sexual misconduct waged against him. That Bill Clinton, that, I, I just want to make sure we know, that Bill Clinton, you're thinking of the right person. Bill Clinton today was asked about the comments and said, of course you wouldn't have made the same charges if she were a man oh and he said i think there are some different standards for women some of them are subconscious bill well I, I appreciate bill clinton being my psychoanalyst it's, it's always nice 
Uh, but the reality is that ever since Wisconsin, when that became the sixth out of seven states that we have won in either caucuses or primaries, I think the Clinton campaign has made it public. Basically, they've told the media uh, that here in New York, they're about to become very negative, uh, about to beat us up. And I just want them to understand that, you know, we have tried to run an issue-oriented campaign, but that we are not going to be attacked every single day. Our record is not going to be distorted. We are going to fight back. So we know that this argument that Bernie Sanders is sexist for saying that Hillary Clinton is not qualified to be president, well, it doesn't hold up because if you extrapolate it to any other scenario with the same context, it would fall apart immediately. Now, the lesson here is that Bernie Sanders is not allowed to criticize Queen Hillary Clinton. She can say anything she wants. She can slander him in every which way possible. Her surrogates can call Bernie Sanders racist. She can imply he's sexist. She can bring out victims and say that he doesn't care about them. He cares more about gun manufacturers. Uh, and it's perfectly fine. Nobody's going to be outraged. But if Bernie Sanders dare criticizes the Queen, then heads are going to explode. Well, I've got news for you, Hillary Clinton. But if you talk shit about Bernie Sanders, he has a right to defend himself, just as you have a right to defend yourself if he talks shit about you and he starts it. In this case, you started it, actually, like many cases, you started it and then you get offended when he hits back at you. Of course, he's going to criticize you. If you don't want to be criticized, then don't say anything about him. But the problem is that all you have is uh, a bunch of ad hominem attacks to launch against him. You don't have facts. What are you going to use against him? That he's too liberal to the Democratic base? Is that what you're going to use? It's not going to work. It's never going to work. Don't get mad at the facts that Bernie Sanders points out about you. Get disappointed in yourself because they're true. And what you don't like is that he just points out your weaknesses that are true about you. So Hillary Clinton is <laughs> not infallible. She's not above criticism. And, and of course, Bernie Sanders can certainly defend himself if she criticizes him. And she launched a horrible attack against him, implying someone is dumb. That's not classy. So yes, Bernie Sanders does have the right to criticize you in return and bounce back to you what you said about him. So this is ridiculous and it just shows the bias and the double standard that exists against Bernie Sanders, but not Hillary Clinton. So after March 15th, when Hillary Clinton had her sweeping victory, uh, it was the case that she kind of let up on her attacks against Bernie Sanders. Now I warned you guys that if for whatever reason she felt threatened again, she would begin attacking Bernie Sanders. Now, after six, seven, eight landslides in a row, well, <laughs> it's the case that she feels threatened again. So she, of course, started to attack Bernie Sanders again. Now, this is not surprising to any of us, but the problem is that the attacks that she's launching on him are very below the belt. Uh, and one attack in particular was so repulsive that I had to isolate it and talk about it by itself uh, and didn't want to lump it in with the other attacks, like how she said he's unqualified and is basically dumb. Because this one is so low, it's so egregious that it needs its own emphasis because that's how gross it is. Now, I just want to remind everyone that Hillary Clinton invoked 9-11 to evade criticism over contributions that she took from Wall Street. Now, she also trotted out African-American mothers of victims of police brutality uh, in order to prove a point during one of her town halls. So she's not above using victims as political props. Uh, but what she did this time, I felt like it crossed so many lines. Uh, so she tweeted out, Bernie Sanders prioritized gun manufacturers' rights over the parents of the children killed at Sandy Hook. Really? She is literally implying that Bernie Sanders doesn't care about the rights of children killed at Sandy Hook and that uh, he cares more about the gun manufacturers and is basically saying he has blood on his hands. This is mind-blowing to me. I mean, she got a lot of backlash and criticism for it, but not certainly at the level that she should have. Hillary, this is grotesque. And let's not forget about the fact that this is the same person who voted for the Iraq War, which killed over 200,000 civilians. This is the same person that reversed her position on universal health care once her palms were greased by the health insurance industry. So she doesn't care that people are going to die because of our shitty health care system. So it's okay for her to vote for the Iraq war. It's okay for her to defend the health insurance industry, an industry that literally leads to people dying every year because they either can't get health care or they're underinsured and can't afford these high deductibles. She can, you know, defend those instances and she doesn't have any blood on her hands. But Bernie Sanders has blood on his hands. Really, Hillary Clinton? Are you sure that you're the right person to be bringing up this attack? 
Shouldn't you have had one of your surrogates do that? Because this is a new low. This is what you call a new low. Everyone is freaked out because Bernie Sanders said Hillary Clinton is unqualified. No, this is what you call a grotesque attack. Uh, now, this backfired immensely. She got a bunch of criticism for it on Twitter. And actually, one of the uh, families of the victims actually spoke out against this. Now, uh, Russell tweets, Secretary Clinton, please do not use Allison Wyatt, my cousin, or other Sandy Hook victims for your political agenda and stop smearing Bernie Sanders' good name. And then, you know, he responds to some replies saying, I know what Bernie Sanders stands for. I used to live in Vermont. And he said he will never vote for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> if he wasn't going to already, then he certainly shouldn't now after she's trying to exploit this horrible situation for political gain. Now, she's slandered Bernie Sanders in every which way possible. I've talked about how she said that he's sexist and implied that he's racist and also now this. Uh, but look, using these types of events to catalyze gun reform, for example, that's one thing. But to use it to uh, propagandize an attack against your opponent, which is untruthful, that's really sick. You didn't stop to think, okay, maybe, maybe this is a little bit too far. Maybe implying that he doesn't care about dead children is crossing a line. You didn't, you, like, you didn't think it didn't cross your mind. Do you not have a filter? I mean, this is the type of shit that Donald Trump would say, not Hillary Clinton, not someone who is a calculated, uh, focus group driven candidate. So nobody in her campaign thought, you know, maybe Hillary, don't do this. Don't say this. It wasn't, this wasn't even from Hillary Clinton. It was one of her campaign staffers that tweeted it. And nobody thought this would be a bad idea. Nobody thought that this was morally questionable at the slightest. This campaign will do any and everything to win, man. She's, she's proven it over and over and over again. And this just proves that she will stoop to any level in order to slander Bernie Sanders if it means that she's going to win and gain some political points. But... Unfortunately for her, this backfired immensely. And let's just get to this attack. Okay, what she doesn't realize is that holding gun manufacturers accountable for gun violence is not good policy. It's bad policy, okay? And for one, I don't even believe that she cares about this because in 2008, she was running a completely different campaign. She was to the right of Obama on guns. So all of a sudden, the one issue that she thought she could out-liberal Bernie Sanders on, she's running away with it. When in actuality, we all, we all know that she's being disingenuous and she doesn't really care. So the problem is that if you extrapolate this penalty to any other manufacturer, not just gun manufacturers, it, it seems really authoritarian. It doesn't hold up. So if you try to sue knife companies anytime someone is stabbed, if you try to sue OxyClean whenever, you know, someone is fed bleach, if you try to sue alcohol companies whenever someone gets alcohol poisoning or their liver, liver fails from being uh, alcoholics, well, not only is that unethical and authoritarian, it's just bad policy. It doesn't work. All that you do is ensure that these gun manufacturers now, if they're going to be liable for gun violence, they're just going to move out of the country. What you need to do is make sure that the people who purchase guns, who shouldn't have them, don't get them. So universal background checks, this is a place to start. But penalizing gun manufacturers, she's parading this around as if it's logical. No, it's not, okay? You don't do anything to prevent gun violence. All you do is you take all those jobs, people who work at gun manufacturing companies in the U.S., and you ship them overseas. That's all you do. So you're not accomplishing anything. You're using this to uh, gain political points. When in actuality, this isn't good policy. It's just bad policy. So this attack, even you know, though Hillary Clinton has slandered Bernie Sanders in the past relentlessly, I'm honestly even surprised myself that she would stoop this low. So if anybody needs to take back uh, an attack or apologize, it should be Hillary Clinton for this. But of course, you know, she can say what she wants, and Bernie Sanders and his supporters can't say anything. Otherwise. Uh, you're, you're either sexist or uh, you're just a bad person. So don't criticize the queen. Let her say anything. Let her slander Bernie Sanders. It's cool. We have to be quiet, guys. That's the way this works. Well, in actuality, that's not the way this works. And uh, yes, we are going to criticize you if you do these grotesque campaign tactics, Hillary. Hillary Clinton held an exclusive fundraiser at the private residence of Colorado's governor, John Hinkenlooper, who is a superdelegate who has, of course, endorsed Hillary Clinton. Now, at this event, she used a white noise machine in order to block reporters from hearing her speech. Take a look.
Now, this story broke by a reporter from a local CBS affiliate named Stan Bush, and the Daily Caller explains that Bush said that the noise interference machine was turned on after a band, later identified as Big Head Todd and the Monsters, finished playing music and before Clinton spoke. The device was placed inside of a fence on the property and aimed in the direction of the press. Hmm, I wonder why people don't trust Hillary Clinton. It's things like this, and you'd think that's something that's an actual weakness of her campaign, which is just being trusted by citizens, that she wouldn't do these types of things, that she would release her Wall Street uh, transcripts, uh, but she doesn't because she's clearly telling all these rich people something that they really like hearing, and it's so good that she doesn't want us to hear about it at all. So you know that if this were released or if that reporter has got wind of what she said, it'd be something really controversial that could potentially damage her campaign. Probably she's making a lot of promises. There's a lot of rich people at these events. So this is absolutely hilarious that she continues to do this and she doesn't even care she's brazen about being untransparent now what's ironic is that just last weekend before the story broke hillary clinton supporters were hammering bernie sanders on twitter because he hasn't released his tax returns yet now of course i think that bernie sanders should release his tax returns and he probably will but the irony somehow is lost on them because they don't think that uh hillary clinton should release her speech transcripts that she gave the golden sacks really it's a double standard so you don't think she should release that something that is obviously more important, but Bernie Sanders should release his tax returns? I just find it funny. Like, I, I have no problem admitting that my candidate should take steps to be more transparent and that he should release his tax returns. He probably should have done it earlier as well. Uh, but when are you going to start questioning your candidate? Hmm? Like, I just don't get it. Like, you pretend to be outraged about Bernie Sanders over something that's not honestly that outrageous because he's not a millionaire. Like, I would be more concerned with the tax returns of Mitt Romney than I am of Bernie Sanders, someone who is not a millionaire. But again, he should release it. The thing is that Hillary Clinton supporters can't admit that their candidate has flaws and that she should take steps to be more transparent. So they want to dish it, but they can't take it. But what's funny is that the story broke right after they made a big ruckus. And what did they have to say about this? Did they say that Hillary Clinton should stop using noise machines? No, no, nobody said anything about it. So, it, you know, this is just one more reason why we shouldn't trust Hillary Clinton, because even after people are constantly hammering her for not being transparent enough and not releasing the speech transcripts that she gives to rich people, she's still taking steps to block us from hearing what she has to say at these events. And her supporters are right there like sheep to uh, allow her to do this. Even if you're a Hillary Clinton supporter that unequivocally trusts her, don't you just think from a campaign aspect she should stop doing this? Wouldn't you want to call her out in that regard so that way she doesn't hurt her campaign? It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. But again, this just reinforces the notion that Hillary Clinton is above criticism. Not only can you not speak about Hillary Clinton, but you shouldn't do that as well. You should fall in line and be quiet. Don't question someone who is already powerful but wants to augment her power even more by becoming president. Don't do that. Just let her do what she wants to do. Let her use, use these noise machines uh, and be completely untransparent and just be quiet about it. No, sorry, but when she does these things, we're going to point it out because it is wrong. Given the fact that New York is a fundamentally important state for Bernie Sanders, the Occupy movement is launching a guerrilla campaign called Battle of New York in order to fight against the Clinton machine there and to help Bernie Sanders win. So Salon explains the idea the activists have is to subvert, even supplant, the mainstream media outlets in the days before the April 19th primary. They plan on creating, editing, and printing 500,000 copies of a special edition bilingual newspaper with the kind of compelling coverage mainstream media outlets rarely touch. And they are going to flood New York with the publication in the week before the primary. Now, Salon continues, the publishers of the Battle of New York have a lot of experience in this territory. Their guerrilla media campaign is based on the ones they helped lead during the occupied movement, along with those in the 2003 protests against the Iraq War, the 2004 protests against the Republican National Convention, the 2014 People's Climate March, and today's Black Lives Matter movement. Now, this actually seems promising because all of those movements that they've been a part of have been wildly successful at getting media attention. So if somehow we can get eyeballs onto Bernie Sanders in New York, we can conceivably win this because right now we're facing an uphill battle against the mainstream establishment corporatist media propaganda machine that is constantly trying to help Hillary Clinton win. Uh, so if we can somehow counteract that with this, that would be fantastic. And uh, they can actually 
augment their campaign if they garner media coverage because of this uh, guerrilla campaign tactic. Who knows? But at this point, anything that's going to help is much appreciated because... We've got to pull out all the stops if we want to win. Now, at this point, Occupy has raised over 62000 uh, for their Indiegogo campaign. And there's also an interview that they did with Salon that will give you more specifics about New York. So I'll put links to both of those. If you want to help with that, you can visit their Indiegogo page. Uh, and look, this is fantastic. But here's the thing. We need to do any and everything. We can't just rely on them. We cannot become complacent. We can't afford to lose New York, basically. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so if you have any time... If you could phone bank for Bernie Sanders, if you don't have time, if you could donate to Bernie Sanders. And again, there are things that you can do to face bank where you will uh, you can contact uh, friends on Facebook that live in New York and encourage them to vote for Bernie Sanders. Any and everything you can do at this point is really, really important. Look, just because we won eight of the last nine contests, including the Democrats abroad, uh, it doesn't mean that we're guaranteed to win New York. And in fact, Bernie Sanders is trailing in New York right now. Now, many people will say, well, look, those polls don't control properly for younger voters. Uh, it doesn't include this, this, and that. We have to take those polls at face value, and we need to just accept them. We need to accept that he's down, and we need to act like he's down, even if that wasn't the case. So even if we saw a poll that put him five points above Hillary Clinton, we have to pretend like he's down. We have to act with the utmost urgency because we cannot afford to lose New York. Even if we lose by just five points in New York, that could be potentially devastating and even end his campaign just because how many delegates are up for grabs. And if she increases her delegate count, that's going to be really, really bad. Uh, so look, we've got to pull out all the stops. If you have anything you can do to help Bernie Sanders face bank, donate. You've got to do it. Now is the time because, again, I cannot emphasize enough that New York is very, very important. Uh, and if we can win this, then we have a lot of momentum going into the other delegate-rich states, such as Pennsylvania, such as California. So, guys, we've got to do everything. He's behind right now in the polls. We cannot allow him to lose New York. So by now, you guys have all seen the video of Florida Governor Rick Scott getting reamed by a customer in Starbucks. And um, at this point, I'm going to show it to you again just because I love it so much, but there's a reason for that. He actually responded to this woman, but here's the video. Had you cut Medicaid so I couldn't get Obamacare? You're an asshole! You don't care about working people? I'm not talking to you. You don't care about working people? You should be ashamed to show your face around here. A million jobs? Great! Who here has a great job? Or is looking forward to finishing school? You really feel like you have a job coming up? You strict woman of access to public health care. Shame on you, Rick Scott. We depend on those services. Rich people like you don't know what to do. When poor people like us need health services, you cut them. Shame on you, Rick Scott. You're an embarrassment to our state. Sweet. So now, uh, the reason why I showed you that again is because his administration is so butthurt at the fact that this even happened and that the video spread that he actually launched an attack ad on this woman. I'm not kidding. So this was his campaign's response to her. You may have seen this video of a terribly rude woman at a coffee shop cursing and screaming at Governor Scott. You're an asshole! You don't care about working people! A million jobs? Great! Who here has a great job? Well, that woman clearly has a problem. And it turns out that she's a former government official who refused to recite the Pledge of Allegiance and calls herself an anarchist. But never mind about that. Let's look at the substance of her question about who around here has a job. I'm glad you asked. She was at Starbucks in Gainesville. So let's take a look at who around her has a job. Since Rick Scott became governor, 9,300 new jobs have been added all in this area. In fact, unemployment here was cut in half. A million jobs? Great! Who here has a great job? Well, almost everybody, except those who are sitting around coffee shops, demanding public assistance, surfing the internet, and cursing at customers who come in. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to describe that as anything other than a fail. Like, here's what he did. He tried to edit the video in order to take it out of context. But we've all seen the video. We have the context. 
So how could you do that and not be embarrassed with yourself? He cut out her main complaint. She said, you cut Medicare, you're an asshole. But all he did was he included the little bit where she said you're an asshole. And then she talked about jobs. Great. Who has jobs? We already know that her main complaint was his inability to provide citizens of Florida with adequate health care because he doesn't want to accept the uh, Obamacare, Medicaid expansion and whatnot. Uh, but we we see the context, dude. You can't do this. You can't completely change the context of, video, of the video and argue against something that she wasn't even arguing for. All that you did was you took one little bit that she was uh, responding to that you said randomly about, oh, well, there's a million jobs. That's not what her contention was. You completely changed the discussion as if we didn't get to see the original video. But dude, we saw the original video. <laughs> you can't cut it like that and do these disingenuous editing tactics if the video is viral, if every single person and their mother and their pet dog has seen it. I mean, this is embarrassing. How could you do this? I mean, who instructed him to do this? I just want to know. So not only are you avoiding the reason why she was attacking you, which we all know now, but you're also launching ad hominem attacks against the citizen. How crazy is that? I just want to reiterate this. A governor, a sitting governor, is launching an attack that has ad hominem attacks against a citizen who has grievances with his campaign or with his administration. That's so ridiculous. So first and foremost, he criticized her for uh, not wanting to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Okay, so what? And also because she's an anarchist. Okay, so she's the weird one for allegedly not wanting to be indoctrinated into some old nationalistic ritual. That makes her weird, really? Does it make you weird? For actually getting mad about something like that? And furthermore, the title of the video is Latte Liberal Gets an Earful. What does that even mean? What's a latte liberal? I've heard this before too. This is the thing that conservatives do that actually they think they're being clever. I don't know what that means. Because it rolls off the tongue, you think that it's clever? not clever at all are you implying that conservatives don't drink lattes or that they don't drink coffee because you're in starbucks buying a coffee and you're gonna call her a latte liberal can we call you a coffee conservative i mean come on this guy this is so embarrassing and the best part that i love is that like all good videos when they're going so well uh you can see that he disabled comments and disabled the likes on his official YouTube page, so that way, uh, you know, he can't take any more criticism, because, you know, he's just so feeble that he can't even take a citizen criticizing him. He actually has to launch an attack against this woman who's powerless. She's just a random citizen, and he's got to attack her. That's how feeble he is, and how he, how much he can't take criticism. Why are you even in public office? You're gonna get people who criticize you, who call you out, especially if you're as bad as a governor as you are. You're corrupt. Everyone knows you're corrupt. You should be in jail right now, so you're lucky that you're a sitting governor. But the fact that you would be so offended because this citizen, how dare this peasant have the audacity to call you out? The fact that you would even launch an ad, even if you found out that this woman was a murderer and you launched an ad against her, it's still embarrassing because you're criticizing a private citizen just on the basis that they called you out. But you don't even do anything to help your case. You completely avoided the reason why she called you out, which is about healthcare, and you use ad hominem attacks against her. This is surely gonna go down in history as one of the most cringeworthy things a governor has ever done. So today is the Democracy Spring protest happening in front of the Capitol building. At this protest, it looks like they had a pretty good turnout of about 600 people. Now these individuals are going there to protest money and politics. Now these are non-violent protests, even though it's Democracy Spring to kind of um, be something kind of akin to the Arab Spring. These are non-violent protests. These are just people who are doing peaceful civil disobedience. Now, more than 400 of them were arrested as they were sitting on Capitol steps. This is according to U.S. Capitol Police. Now this includes TYT's Jenk Uger. He was actually there and he was arrested because of this. So the protest was cheery and peaceful. Police blockaded the marble staircase with a chain and cordon of officers. Demonstrators sat in front of the chain and on the plaza, talking, chanting, singing, and taking pictures as police led them away one by one. Police badly underestimated the potential crowd. Initially, it brought only a single bus to haul the protesters away. So four hundred protesters. Now, they expected to be arrested. I believe Junk talked about this as well, because they are doing civil disobedience. They're going to sit on the steps. They're just going to get hauled away. They're not going to move. Uh, so look, this is great. These people are 
uh, American heroes for doing this, for actually sacrificing themselves and getting arrested in order to help facilitate campaign finance reform and to protest money in politics. So this is great. Look, kudos to Jenk. Shout out to Jenk as well. He's been nothing but kind to me. He shared one of my videos on his Twitter page. So uh, I am nothing but supportive of this. So look, man, this is great. Kudos to everyone who's there uh, and who has really taken one for the team here because to get arrested, to do civil disobedience, that's really intimidating. So these people are warriors for justice. And look, I'm, I'm so thankful to all these people there. Uh, stay strong, guys. Hey, guys. So I am here with author and columnist H.A. Goodman. If you've done any research on Bernie Sanders, you have most likely read one of his articles. H.A., thank you so much for being here, man. Mike, it's a big honor for me. Thank you so much. I love your show, and I'm just really happy to be here. Thanks, man. It, you know, it, the feeling is mutual. Uh, I've read all of your articles, and, you know, some really great stuff, or most of your articles, really, really great stuff there. Uh, you use facts, and uh, you make arguments that I think a lot of people are really worried about making. For example, the FBI, you talk about the FBI investigation, and that's kind of like taboo if you're liberal, right, for, yeah. uh, you know, someone that supports Bernie Sanders because you don't want to be compared to Republicans. But I mean, if you have facts, then you have facts, man. So look, I'm really excited. Uh, I know the viewers are going to be excited for this too. So can you, for all my viewers um, that don't know H.A., can you just tell them a little bit about yourself and your work? Well, my name is H.A. Goodman. I'm an author, columnist, and journalist, and I'm published in the Huffington Post. I'm also published in Salon, The Hill, a whole bunch of other places. Uh, I, have a, I have a YouTube channel also. It's H.A. Goodman. So... Um, I talk about a whole bunch of things there, uh, specifically uh, supporting Bernie and uh, my thoughts on Hillary Clinton. Um, and so, you know, basically that's kind of a quick recap of who I am. And I'll put a bunch of links in the description box so you can check out some of his work as well. Uh, great stuff. Now, uh, mm -hmm. what I wanted to get to is one of your articles that you published today in Huffington Post. So you make the case that superdelegates will actually flip and support Bernie Sanders, uh, even if he doesn't pass Hillary Clinton and pledge delegates. So can you explain your reasoning for this? Because I think it's pretty interesting. Thank you, Mike. So basically, there's a bunch of issues at play. Number one, in terms of national polls, Bernie Sanders is almost tied with Clinton nationally. So uh, if you go to HuffPost pollster, you go to Real Clear Politics, he's almost tied with Hillary Clinton. He's up in a, in a couple of polls. He's only about two points down. This is a big issue because if he, if in, in June, let's say he's a couple, he's a hundred delegates short or he's some delegates short. If he's above Clinton nationally in the polls, that's going to be a huge thing for Bernie Sanders. He's already almost tied. This is something that nobody thought was even possible at this point in the primary. So that's, that's, that's one issue. That's just one of many. If you look at general election, if you want to win, okay, so a lot of people say, oh, you know, H.A. Goodman is going to, you know, he, he's going to ruin things by writing in Bernie Sanders for us and, uh, and Trump's going to win. Well, the only way for Trump to win is if Hillary Clinton is not as nominee. I'll explain why. In terms of Clinton versus Trump, before the perpetual coverage of Trump's rallies, where people were getting you know, kicked out of his rallies, she only beat him by three points. If you look at Trump Clinton, she now beats him by 10 points. If you look at Trump Cruz, I mean, I'm sorry, Clinton Cruz, because I think that Ted Cruz, that will probably push Ted Cruz in because Trump is you know, insane, he's out of his mind. If it's Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Ted Cruz, she only, it's 2.5, she only beats him by 2.5 points. That's within the margin of error. So you have a Cruz presidency. Um, Bernie Sanders beats Donald Trump by 16 points. Bernie Sanders beats Trump right now, uh, beats Ted Cruz right now by 10 points. So there's no question that Sanders is a better general election candidate. That's the whole thing bolstering the Clinton campaign. Well, it's a pragmatism and you know, they have to vote for Hillary. She's the best choice. She's not the best choice. There's a whole bunch of other issues and uh, two other quick things. Uh, uh, and I'll, you know, we can discuss other things, but two other quick things. One is favorability ratings. There are 10 major national polls in all 10. Hillary Clinton has negative favorability ratings. When people dislike Clinton, they really dislike Clinton. Some of them uh, have, uh, some of these polls, negative favorability ratings for uh, Clinton by 15, 16, 17 points. Bernie Sanders is the only candidate, only leading candidate in 2016 with positive favorability ratings. So people like him in terms of trustworthiness. Every major poll says Hillary Clinton is untrustworthy. Americans by and large, even women in, uh, throughout the country find Clinton not honest and trustworthy. So in a general election, that dooms a general election if you, know, if you don't trust or like a candidate. 
the next thing is the FBI issue. Now, this is, I mean, I could go on forever, Mike, about this, but this is a very, very big issue. And the, I would never, if, if you were to ask me 10 years ago, if you, could, if you were to ask anyone 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago, would you vote for somebody who was being investigated by the FBI, Democrat or Republican, they'd say, no, that's crazy. Hillary Clinton, people still say that's okay. The issue with Clinton is this. I believe she's going to get indicted. If she doesn't get indicted, I believe definitely there's going to be some outcome because you can't have a precedent set that people can just go ahead and have their own servers. Um, and there's a whole other uh, a whole number of other reasons why I believe that indictments are likely. But let's say her top aides get indicted, okay? Either Clinton or her top aides get indicted, you're toast for the general election. You're looking at Cruz or a Trump presidency. If, if by some miracle she circumvents indictment and her top aides circumvent indictment, the FBI isn't going to spend one year for no reason. They're going to say, hey, she did this, this, and that. Half the world, and I'm talking about Republicans and I'm talking about liberals and progressives who don't want Hillary Clinton there, are going to make this the biggest issue on the planet. Okay, So either way, uh, in terms of the media frenzy, she's not going to get away with that. That's also going to hurt uh, poll numbers. Bernie's going to probably shoot up uh, in past her in terms of poll numbers because of that. And in terms of general election results, you're going to see Trump, uh, you know, dwindling the lead that Clinton cur currently has over her, uh, over him. So, uh, you know, the FBI issue, either she, whether or not she gets indicted, that's not only the big, the story. The fact is the FBI is going to have the decision heard very soon. Once that decision comes out, it's going to be a game changer either way. Indictments will sink the campaign. So... Right. No, the, the, you bring up so many great points. And the thing that I'm kind of worried about, I talked about this on my show, is that if it is the case that the FBI does recommend an indictment and then the DOJ goes through with it, what would this mean? I mean, would Bernie Sanders automatically win? Or do you think that the party would try to pull some type of shenanigans and try to put forth Joe Biden or maybe even Debbie Wasserman Schultz? I mean, what do you think would be the case? Would they actually try to uh, stop Bernie Sanders from winning? Mike, that's a great point. And definitely they'll try everything possible before <laughs> accepting reality. So if, if Clinton gets indicted, or, or if, the, if the FBI recommends indictment of Hillary Clinton, the, the Department of Justice doesn't even have to go through with it. Just the fact that the FBI said, hey, this person possibly be belongs behind bars, that's it, done, game over. Um, they might go ahead and say, that's one thing that I think you're right on. They might say, well, uh, how about Joe Biden? Uh, but Joe Biden doesn't want to run. Uh, they might try Bloomberg, but Bloomberg never ran and he wouldn't do anything. Now, we have somebody who just, you know, he's Bernie Sanders uh, ha, is outraised in terms of uh, fundraising. He's outraised Clinton the past three months. He's almost tied with Clinton nationally. He has seven straight wins. I mean, this is really, it really is a political revolution uh, that's taking the country by storm. They're going to reluctantly go with Bernie. Um, and that ties into what I wrote today. Uh, the superdelegates are not stupid. The Democratic Party is not stupid. They're beholden to Hillary Clinton, but they're beholden because they get something from Clinton. She basically, you know, she's the most powerful person in the Democratic Party. So with that, if you're loyal to her, you, you get things. Uh, if you're not loyal, uh, there's retribution there. So a lot of these people are waiting. Uh, they waited until the last second with President Obama too. So in Barack Obama in 2008, they switched to him. And one of the reasons that I cited uh, in, in the article today, a superdelegate in 2008 said, hey, you know, Obama's bringing in new uh, first-time voters, young people. He's bringing energy into the party. Well, that's, that's Bernie Sanders this year. So the exact reasons why, why superdelegates switched to Obama in 2008 will be the reasons eventually they switch to Bernie Sanders. But I also think the FBI thing, once, once – Democrats in general find out how serious this is, it's game over for the Clinton campaign. I actually did a little bit of research about this, and it's honestly, like, it's really scary, all the evidence that they have against her. Now, with that being said, I think she actually does have a relatively good legal argument. But what I want to kind of ask you about is if it's the case that she's not indicted and she wins the nominee, so a lot of people are burning your bust, and you've consistently made the case to write in Bernie Sanders. So I wanted to ask you, why do you think we should write in Bernie Sanders rather than vote for someone like Jill Stein to help boost the Green Party. You know, Jill Stein is great. I, I'm focused only on Bernie Sanders. So he's my candidate in 2016. The reason that I would write in Bernie Sanders, and I can only speak for myself, is that America has a two-party system. 
So when you have a Democrat advised by Henry Kissinger, who advised Richard Nixon, and when you have a Democrat who's literally going to be advised by the same neoconservatives, many of the same neoconservatives that advised Bush, Cheney, and Rumsfeld, this is a fact, um, and they'll be advising Hillary Clinton in the White House. In terms of the unilateral powers of a president, and this is what a lot of people don't get, the unilateral powers of a president Presidents can't unilaterally do things on their own, right? They can't, they can't just pass bills on their own. They can't uh, solve social issues on their own. What they can do is wage war on their own through the authorization for use of military force. So when you have the AUMF, you can send uh, ground, American ground troops anywhere. You could bomb anywhere if you deem it necessary. I do not trust Hillary Clinton as commander-in-chief for many reasons, primarily because she voted for the Iraq war. She pushed for the disastrous bombing of Libya uh, as Secretary of State. She couldn't type an email without an FBI scandal. So I don't, I mean, and then there's trustworthy, trustworthiness issues. There's foreign donor issues. I just, there's so many reasons in terms of judgment and decision-making to have all that power. Uh, I, I don't think it's egregious to say I don't trust the individual Hillary Clinton just because of everything that she's done in the past and the fact that the FBI is investigating her. I do not trust that individual with that much power, especially uh, when it comes to war and foreign policy. Um, Bernie Sanders, one reason, actually, you know, it's funny. The reason I love Bernie Sanders so much, and this is what drives me to write so much about Bernie, it's not just, you know, free education, uh, free public uh, college education and the single payer and everything else he stands for. It's the fact that he um, understands what happens to soldiers in counterinsurgency wars. He understands the human cost. He voted against the Iraq war and he says, I'll be damned to more quagmires. So uh, in the Paris, uh, in November, the Paris attacks, after the Paris attacks, Hillary Clinton spoke to the Council of, uh, on Foreign Relations. She literally said, let's send ground troops. Let's send American ground troops. Uh, let's intensify the fight. Bernie Sanders would have a much more reasoned approach and an approach that doesn't say, just send off Americans back to the same wars that didn't work out in the first place. Uh, and also, one big thing, he voted against the Iraq war, and if you look at his, his, his protest, his speech in Congress, he foreshadowed every single major consequence. This is a man who was right on the biggest foreign policy tragedy uh, of the past uh, 40, 50 years. I mean, uh, you know, since Vietnam, it's the biggest tragedy. Um, and he was right on that. Hillary Clinton was wrong. Um, one thing with Clinton's vote, she said it was a mistake. Okay. But she learned from her mistake by pushing the bombing of Libya, which was the same issue. If you ask, uh, President Obama recently said the biggest mistake he made was Libya. Well, who was Secretary of State? It was Clinton. And uh, so if you don't learn from Iraq, which is what happens after you remove a dictator, didn't learn with Libya, she still, still hasn't learned she has Kissinger advising her, and she has neocons who would rather vote for her than Trump. And I don't like Trump at all. I call, When I was on CNN, I called him a buffoon. But he's actually, the neoconservatives actually like Clinton more because they can kind of say, okay, uh, let's use intervention. Let's go ahead and send American ground troops back to war, uh, and she'll say okay. So that's, that's I guess, one of the big reasons I'd, I'd write in Bernie Sanders as not only a statement, but as a way of saying, no, I am not going to vote for somebody who's so conservative on war and foreign policy, that'll never happen. Because if you have a Democrat who's a Republican on war and foreign policy, you, you've ceased to have a two-party system, and you don't really have a democracy at that point. That's such a good point. And this kind of brings me to something else. Like, I kind of want to ask you to psychoanalyze Hillary supporters, <laughs> which you shouldn't do. But at the same time, <laughs> it's, it's odd because, I mean, you have people who in 2008 were against George Bush and the neocons because of the Iraq War, because of their foreign policy blunders and whatnot. And now those same people who were against Bush are defending Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense. Like, why defend someone who's a war hawk? It doesn't matter matter if they have a D or an R. So, I mean, yeah. what do you think it is that drives Democrats to defend a war hawk? Well, unfortunately, uh, Mike, unfortunately, this is the issue. When people, like, for example, I wrote an article in 2014 saying that I vote for Rand Paul, okay? The only reason I wrote that article was because 
uh, at that time, uh, Paul had this, you know, non-interventionist policy, which was the exact opposite of Hillary Clinton's neocon policy, which, by the way, a neoconservative said, actually said that she would have a neocon policy in the White House and that he likes her war policies, her foreign policy. That was the only reason I, 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 I wrote that article. I would never vote for Paul. But all you hear, the biggest ad hominem attack against me is he, he, he said he'd vote for Rand Paul. They don't, they don't remember that Hillary Clinton was against gay marriage. She was for the Trans-Pacific Partnership. She voted for the Iraq War. She's all these things. They give, that, they give Clinton a free pass on that, and they only remember what they want to remember. Uh, Hillary supporters, essentially, they, they, they crave this kind of notion of power, right? They want to have somebody who's, quote, pragmatic. And they look at Clinton, even if she's a, a war hawk or a neocon, and they say, well, you know, she's a Democrat. The name is Clinton. Uh, the brand is great. Um, she's been around forever. Uh, she is what we need. They don't see the FBI investigation. They don't see the trustworthiness issues. They don't see the fact that she would continue very similar policies to Bush, Cheney, and Rumsfeld. This is if you are against this, it's a very progressive stance to be against war, okay? The big issue also is most people don't know somebody who's suffered. They don't know a veteran who has suffered from Iraq and Afghanistan. Half to two-thirds of all the American soldiers killed and wounded in Iraq and Afghanistan were the victims of IED blasts. So we have amputees. We have almost, Mike, we have almost 400,000 traumatic brain injuries from Iraq and Afghanistan. We have 50,000, according to the Department of Defense, 50,000 Americans wounded in action, wounded in combat. But what they don't count is all the other injuries, which they should count, the Department of Defense should count. We have over 1 million injuries. And that's, close, and that's in addition to close to 7,000 who have died in combat. So, and this is just, and, and I'm not even talking about the costs on Iraq and, and the region. So by some estimates, a conservative estimate is what, Two two hundred thousand dead in Iraq, but probably closer to five hundred thousand dead. Um, so there's different there's different estimates, but the the issue I think I guess to I, you know my long winded response to summarize, Hillary supporters are infatuated with the allure of political power. That's really going to slip away from them when the FBI uh, explains what's going on with her with her server and her emails. Um, you know, there's nothing that Clinton can do to Hillary. I mean, literally, the FBI is interviewing her, and that's fine. That's there's nothing that Clinton can do. So, uh, if you look at, if you had Hillary Clinton's past and her record, and you put a different name, Clinton supporters would never vote for that person, ever, ever, ever. Uh, if Bernie Sanders did half the things that Clinton did, I mean, it, he wouldn't have a campaign anymore. When you talk about racism and when you talk about Hillary Clinton's use of racism against Barack Obama in 2008, if it were done by a Republican, you would never hear the end of it from progressives and people who hate me and all these things, okay? Hillary Clinton used racism against Barack Obama. She used a racist 3 a.m. ad. Her staffers spread a photo of Barack Obama in African dress in hopes of uh, using Islamophobia and racism against Obama. And that's David Plouffe, who's now working for Clinton, uh, said that was the worst thing that either party had done uh, in that election. Okay, I could go on forever about the racism that she used. When you fast forward, she, in this election cycle, she took money from prison lobbyists. These are the same prison lobbyists that want to perpetuate mass incarceration that, that has affected uh, the, the African-American community more than any other community. Then you see Bill Clinton's uh, tirade against Black Lives Matter. So, and then he defended mass incarceration. And then Hillary Clinton the other night, uh, yesterday, made a racist joke on stage with uh, de Blasio. So, I mean, when you look at her blatant, blatant use of racism, it would never pass, especially if Bernie Sanders did anything that she did, but it would never pass if it were a Republican. For some reason, the name Clinton, you know, uh, Democrats forget, or they you get a free pass. Yeah, you get a free pass. Yeah, because I mean, I, I kind of talked about on my um, show today that there's a double standard between both Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, and how she's accused Bernie Sanders of sexism, of racism. But if Bernie Sanders did it, 
then it would be a completely different story. You know, the collective heads of the media would explode. So yeah. it really is. Like, I think you bring up a ton of good points. So uh, on a last note, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but one last thing I kind of want to get to, because I think it's amusing, is how last week Hillary Clinton supporters managed uh, to get a hashtag trending to get Bernie Sanders to release his tax returns. Uh, because the irony is lost on them somehow, because all of a sudden they care about, you know, transparency. But I wanted to know if... He doesn't release the returns, which I think he should, and he probably will. But if he doesn't, do you think this will actually hurt him? Or do you think that the fact that Hillary Clinton just used a white noise machine a couple days yeah. later after this happened will kind of distract people? What's your take on that, man? I, I think that, you know, you had a great segment on David Brock and uh, everything that they were doing in terms of trying to accuse uh, Bernie of, uh, you know, bending campaign finance laws. Um, I think that my thoughts tie into your segment essentially it's a smokescreen because what is think of it when you're when you're hillary clinton what are you going to do when you received 153 million dollars since 2001 with bill clinton to speak to wall street firms and you still haven't released your transcripts because you're afraid of what people will say because you know you've told wall street you know how much you love them and all that stuff what are you going to say you're obviously going to pick on i mean Bernie Sanders isn't a millionaire. Hillary Clinton is. Uh, and she used her status to make millions, um, which, is, which ties into this major point. It's, it's, it's political to focus on Bernie's tax return when precisely the reason when you, when you say that Bernie Sanders is going to go ahead and break up too big to fail banks, Hillary Clinton will not do that. She's received the money precisely because Wall Street does not want her to, to make any structural changes. So when people say, well, look at the, uh, their congressional votes are very similar, Congress doesn't vote on structural change. So Congress never voted during their tenures to break up banks. So you don't know the, the stark difference and contrast between both candidates. Hillary Clinton has accepted tens of millions of dollars specifically and precisely not to break up the banks. And uh, in terms of breaking up the banks, Bernie has a plan. Uh, he definitely, uh, Robert Reich has a piece today in the Huffington Post talking about uh, the fact that all this, you know, this, this stuff about Bernie, Bernie definitely has a plan. And uh, the main issue is that he wants to break up the banks, which is needed. And he wants to reinstate Glass-Steagall. Uh, he doesn't want to wait until another financial collapse Clinton does. So that's, that's another big issue. So in terms of the tax returns, I mean, it's just a typical Clinton smokescreen. Uh, focus on the, see, Real quick, uh, and this has been wonderful talking to you. The Clinton campaign relies on a very dangerous form of moral relativism. So when you look in 2008 against Barack Obama, if you're, you know, people who are watching this, type in on Google, pro-gun churchgoer Hillary Clinton. Against Barack Obama, she loved guns. She was, the New York Times says she was a pro-gun churchgoer. Bernie Sanders has a D minus lifetime from the NRA. Hillary Clinton has a weapons deal scandal, voted for the Iraq war, has neocons who love her foreign policy. In terms of militancy, in terms of guns and death, uh, you're talking about uh, if a neocon foreign policy, which for the world uh, will lead to a lot more death and destruction than a D minus rating from the NRA. So, I mean, in terms of this moral relativism, well, what about Bernie's tax returns? It's just a smokescreen because you can't find somebody who's more guarded and secretive than Hillary Clinton. That's why she had the private server. When you, people say, well, nobody asks why on earth couldn't she use a state.gov email address? Nobody, none of her predecessors completely circumvented state.gov. They had an email account, a, private, a couple of them had a private email account. She used exclusively her private server, which, was, which broke a whole bunch of laws in the manner she used it. She also asked for a BlackBerry from the NSA. The NSA said no. She told the NSA to, to you know what. And she used her own Bla a BlackBerry that was unsecured. So then she deleted 30,000 emails and said it was all yoga. So, I mean, in terms of somebody who's secretive, why did she have the private server? If you want to be president of the United States and you don't trust the United States government, that's a problem. That's a really big problem. I don't care if you're Clinton or, I mean, I love Bernie, and you know, Mike, how much I love Bernie. But if Bernie had his own private server, I would wonder what the heck is going on. This is weird. Uh, so 
Right. He doesn't give us anything, any reason to question him. And the question that I posed to my viewers today was that if you're a Hillary Clinton supporter, even if you're not suspicious, wouldn't you just want her to be more transparent just for the sake of the campaign so it wouldn't hurt her? It, yeah. it doesn't make sense. But no, I think your characterization of the whole situation as a smokescreen, spot on, man. Absolutely spot on. But look, I want to thank you so much for being on the program. Can you Thanks. tell my viewers where to find your work, uh, your YouTube channel again, your Twitter and yeah. whatnot? Yeah, you just go to hagoodman.com. And my YouTube channel is H.A. Goodman. So if you type in H.A. Goodman on YouTube, you'll find me. And, uh, and Mike, I just want to thank you so much for this great opportunity. It was great speaking with you. Thanks, man. Hey, it's, it's been a pleasure. Well, that's the episode. I want to thank all of my viewers for tuning in every single week. And I want to welcome all of the latest viewers to the channel. If you just found us, thank you so much. I am finishing up the process of cataloging all of our old episodes on iTunes. So if you are looking forward to that, please be patient. I'm trying to expand us to as many platforms as possible. Uh, and it's just, you know, a really, really long process. So iTunes and SoundCloud are what I'm working on right now. But I am hopefully looking to um, increase that to even more uh, platforms so you can hear us. So anyways, thank you guys so much. I will see you next week. <laughs>